Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The M Word. It's a story about an independent TV station, a love triangle, and the M Word. We're joined today by the director and writer of the M Word, Henry Jaglum, as well as the star of the M Word, Tana Frederick. Welcome to Film School. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Film School. Yes, you're welcome. Now, uh, Henry, tell me a little bit about the uh, genesis of the idea for uh, for the M word. Tell me a little bit about this, how the story came about. Uh, since I began in films back in 1970, it, it occurred to me if I was lucky enough to be allowed to direct films, what I wanted to do was explore the world specifically that is never shown in Hollywood movies to my satisfaction, which is the world of women and women's lives and all the different aspects of their lives, which go so unreported in Hollywood movies and are so distorted by Hollywood movies, I think, who are made mostly by men and uh, very adolescent men at that. Many of them are stuck in a kind of teenage thing or aiming their films at teenage audiences. So I wanted to do grown-up films about grown-up women, and I found that comedies were the best way to release a lot of uh, a lot of the energy among the women in the different subjects that I would focus on, and give them the freedom to really talk and explore, uh, while I created a story to explore the, the, the particular subject. In this case, the subject is menopause, yeah. but the film I think is about much more than that. It, it is about the changes in life. Menopause for both women and Gregory Harrison at the end shows about men as well. But it's also about just all the different kind of changes that take place in, a woman, in women's lives, especially. Uh, though there are love stories, Tana is involved both with Corey Feldman and with uh, Michael Imperioli yeah. uh, from, from the, from the uh, uh, Sopranos. And, and um, they're extraordinary. So there's a beautiful love story mixed in with a, a dramatic story about uh, unemployment and the rebellion that Tana leads uh, against firings of, of women, and uh, and then the issue of, of women's bodies and the changes that take place and how society deals with them. Yeah, and, and to that end, I just want to remind our listeners of some of the films in, in your uh, uh, lexicon of films, of course. Uh, the, only, the only important ones to remind them of are the ones which Tana Frederick stars in. Absolutely. That's where I was going to go. Right. Queen of the Lot, Irene in right. Time, right. Um, and obviously the M-word, uh, uh, Broadway. I'm sorry, I just blanked out. What was the? Just 45 minutes from Broadway. Thank you very much, and uh, as well as many others, and and uh, most most of not all your films, as you have just said, have been about uh, women as a very strong central character, uh, characters in your films, and uh, Tana, d- knowing how Henry Jaglum has been in in his uh, in in portraying women in film, uh, it must feel like quite a Quite an honor to be uh, now uh, in f- five films, I believe, that Henry has, uh, has made. Tell me a little... Six. Actually, six. Six, okay. Well, tell well, the me... The next one is being released next year. It's called Ovation. Ovation. Just, we're cutting it now. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, how you approach uh, a role that Henry has written. Uh, does he write them... Has he written them with you in mind, or is it a... Is it a 
a character whole cloth that uh, that he uh, has written about that isn't like you or how do, how does that work in terms of uh, the roles that you've had with uh, in his films? I feel that Henry has written um, roles that are very different, very distinct, and he relies on me. Uh, we've kind of you know, we've we've sort of woven through the theater roles that I've done into film roles, and uh, depending on the theater roles that I've done, which have shown very different colors, um, they're all they're all different women. He requires different uh, characters, and I'm able to provide that. And he tells me what he wants the character to be, and then I play that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have enough. Well, time developmentally to figure out exactly what makes the character tick because we sort of have our pre-production for four or five months. And um, so I'm given the character that I'm supposed to play, and I love that. Yeah. Well, in this uh, in this film, uh, The M-Word, you play Moxie, and Moxie is a, uh, a very determined young woman, certainly someone who is, um, is very confident, and um, at, and going through a lot of sort of personal to- turmoil in her life. Uh, and uh, it's funny. It's, this is one of the things I really want to convey to our listening audiences. This is a very funny film. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed. Oh, good. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I yeah, laugh. well, I, I always try to make the films comedies, and hopefully they work as comedies, especially when we deal with real subjects, because it's easier for audiences, I think, to get into the films then. And because life... As somebody said, like, uh, we quoted it in a movie, I forgot, with just 45 minutes from Broadway. Life is a, somebody famous said, I don't know who, life is a comedy to those who think and a tragedy to those who feel. And then somebody else in the movie says, or is it the other way around? <laughs> and, I have, and I think it, both those things are really what the film and my films are about. Well, and, and, and it, for uh, Tano, there is a lot required of you. There is a range of emotions here, certainly uh, some very funny things in the... Uh, in the daytime show that you play in the film, uh, in the uh, uh, this is centers around an independent television station, Kazam or Kazam, uh, and it's is it's and it's struggling, and we get uh, Michael Imperioli showing up as the the guy from corporate who's there to essentially evaluate the the fate of the station, and in it you play again this character, well different animals, but uh, the dog part of the the show reminded me. You were recently in a play, uh, was it Sylvia, I believe? Sylvia. She was the most yeah. magnificent dog in the world. Yes. <laughs> and uh, did you, were you inspired a little bit by the, the, the part you played in Sylvia? For the, did you glean from that some of your, some of your moves here in, in the M-word? Yes, I did. <laughs> I mean, um, I deviated, of course, from oh, yes. Sylvia, exactly, and I play Corndog. Uh, which I think was maybe uh, somewhat inspired by Iowa. <laughs> maybe <laughs> from Iowa. Yes. Her dog seemed like a good, really good name. And um, and I wanted to be able to pull uh, a dog into the film. So yeah. that really worked out. And um, and then from that... And a few other animals. Tell, her, tell yeah. them about the other ones. Yeah. You, well, oh, you saw, saw it. it. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Did, pl- best, what is that, a lobster? Or you did the lobster, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just it's it again. I mean, they're they're and by the way, a great cast: uh, Francis Fisher, uh, Mary Crosby, Michael Imperioli, um, Gregory Harrison, Gregory Harrison, who's terrific, uh, Corey Feldman. Um, it's a yeah, isn't, he, isn't he a surprise? You know, mm-hmm. he he really is. He's very good in this film, uh, and he uh, he's it's a kind of an understated uh, performance in the sense that 
there, uh, there's nothing. Uh, he doesn't do a lot. There's not a lot of his histrionics in it oh, about his you, character. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect that from Corey, would you? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it just it, he, he plays uh, your your boyfriend in the film, and I. Yeah, I just thought he was terrific. I really thought Michael Imperioli did a terrific job. I really felt the, the, the chemistry yeah. between yeah. Moxie and him. And um, that's I th- the exciting. That's the romantically exciting part of the film for me. That that what happens between Michael and Tana, only really good actors, in my opinion, can create that kind of romantic tension and pull. And for me, that's that's the heart of a film. Yeah. And I just love the, the way that Michael Imperioli and Tanner Frederick interact. I mean, I just think that that's, that's the key around which I can build the, the narrative story with comfort. Well, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, director Henry, Henry Jaglum. He's director and writer, uh, along with uh, Ron uh, Vignoni, Vignoni uh, who's also a writer and editor and is in the film. And the film is called The M Word. We're also joined by Tana Frederick. She's the lead in um, uh, played plays the part of Moxie, and and uh, yeah, to your point, uh, one of the really strong suits of the M Word is the dialogue in this film, particularly between uh, Moxie and and uh, Michael Imperioli's character. Which I just in that the the scenes where you are. When he is sort of, you're walking around Los Angeles, that's the one part that stuck with me, the kind of very honest dialogue um, between the two of them about where this relationship could possibly go and how it's going to fall. When you you get really good actors who are are really in touch with, you know, the process and their characters, what you do is try to create a situation where they are free then to... um, create more depth to the characters and allow themselves to spontaneously react to what the other one is doing. So I just set up the scene, and the scene came to life because of these two terrific actors. Well, then that that brings me to the question, Henry. Is this Was there some improv, a lot of improv? Was What was... Uh, it sounded so natural, I would have believed that they were just having a conversation. Well, uh, that is the job of the director, is to make you believe that it's all just happening in real life. Okay. It, my films are always very written, mm-hmm. and then I encourage the people in the scenes to depart from my dialogue with the when they know the intention of the characters in those scenes. And sometimes what I use in the editing, I've written, and sometimes what I use in the editing is some wonderful thing that they do, which is completely separate from what, what I have written and they get I get I get the credit for it because yeah. they they're wonderfully spontaneous. So it's very hard to put my finger now on exactly what is written and what they create. It's a mixture of these two things, I think. Yeah, uh, Tana, how much fun did you have playing off of what I would refer to as the Greek chorus in this film, which is Francis Fisher and Mary Crosby and um, the. Uh, Eliza Roberts. Eliza Roberts. I was trying to remember first name. What? How much fun? How much fun was that? They. Oh, it was amazing. It was actually. I mean, when you come to the Greek chorus, I think I was more Greek chorus. These women were, uh, as example in the kitchen scene, when they were rubbing, you know, raw vegetables all over their bodies, Mm -hmm. drinking olive oil, (laughs) and putting bananas on chicken. And that was nothing that I anticipated whatsoever. And I've done a lot of Henry's films and seen a lot of crazy stuff. And um, I was really just blown away by that moment, that kitchen scene. And I was able to sort of just sit back as a voyeur and say, wow, 
This is so awesome. Yeah. I am not the crazy one in these films right now. It, it, um, these, they were, they were, they were comedy geniuses. The right, three of them. Right. They were, they were the the, the central. Um, I don't know the act of of that of a lot of the the scenes. Well, I no, love that. For me, for me, the two comic geniuses in this film really are Francis and Tana, mother and daughter, yeah. who, who who do a kind of work together that uh, is. I think, like, you've got Lucille Ball squared here. Yeah. Uh, and it's really astonishing in a dramatic film to have this kind of comedy that plays so big because I created characters that allow it to be very big. One is having their period, and one is in menopause, both yeah. of which are extreme situations in life which allow you to be much larger than you usually are in life. And they are, two, to me, they're two comic geniuses. I mean, yeah. to, to me, you know, I love a lot of the work of everybody, especially Michael Imperioli, I think is wonderful in the film, and all the women are great. But the special, the special event of this film for me is the extraordinary mother-daughter scenes of Tana Frederick and... And, um, and, and Francis, I mean, we Francis really Fisher. have a crazy synchronicity, and we call each other mom, and <laughs> I, I call her mom, and she's like my other daughter, and... You know, we we really hit it off, and um, and they're funny. They're and as, funny. as an actress, I just watched Frances through this whole movie and was just kind of learned learned from her. I mean, she had uh, um, uh, she there's a scene that's not in the film um, where she took a frozen turkey and she put it between her legs um, because she was going through a hot flash. That was one of my favorite scenes. It didn't quite work for the film, but. You know, she just did one thing after another that blew me away and made me sort of the grounded woman in one of the jet in in the Stragglin film, which was a different role for me than <laughs> you know. And uh, that was cool. That was way cool. I like being the straight man. Well, I like watching uh, her answer. You're not exactly a straight man when you're having your period with Corey. And he's on the phone with your mother, and you're having a break. Right? No, I got I got lucky with, with those parts, <laughs> but otherwise, I really enjoyed playing the straight man. I, I did straight girl, straight girl to Frances Fisher, the straight daughter. Yeah, and and again, I go back to this. What I think is really the strength of this film is uh, that dialogue. By the way, in the, there's a couple of kitchen scenes, and it, it's really it feels like they've had a couple of glasses of wine, and they're going to say whatever's on their mind. I mean, it does, they're really not going to worry about too much no. about it. They're and, at home and they're in menopause and they're just letting it all hang out. Yeah, well, they're at my home. They're at Moshi's home. <laughs> <laughs> Even crazier. So she's trying to deal with all the layoffs in her job, and, and then with her aunt sleeping in her bed in her one room apartment, <laughs> making no, not a one room apartment. She doesn't make that. Uh, it's, it's many rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it, you know, it's just the, it's just that sense. And again, the dialogue between you and her, it is. It's it's very natural. I can completely see how how you felt uh, that connection with her. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just a yeah. It's refreshing to see this kind of thing. It re, I, I said I recall even saying this to Tana when she was on before that your work it, it is very much in this in the vein of uh, Larry David in the sense that. It, it just doesn't feel like it was written. It feels like these are the things that people who were being honest with them, with each other which, would say to good, good improvisation for me and good comedy should make you not know whether it was written 
or whether it's created on the spot. Yeah. And and just like Larry David, who by the way I discovered, I'm very proud of. He was his first appearance was in Can She Bake a Cherry Pie. Oh, I, well, um, there you go. I'm I didn't know. Proud of that discovery. Like like his work on his terrific series, I think what we do is we do write the thing. And then we allow the actors to go, and then in the editing, I find what's what's funniest and what's truest, and try to cut that into a good coherent story that echoes the theme that I'm looking for. Well, and and being a fan of Larry David, I do have to say I was very Larry David esque in that I I've been on uh, an audition. I've I know Larry and I know Jeff Garland, and the way that they cast their films is or they cast their TV series is that they put a lot of great characters surrounding them and then they get to react to them. And exactly. Henry really, um, I really took that, that drive, that passenger seat rather in this, in this movie and that I got to just sit around and react to all these crazy, yeah. lovely women and just, you know, say what I was seeing. And That's that was true, different yeah. for me and really, really fun. I mean, yeah. I just was, I, I just was calling Corey out on his stuff uh, she seems to think that she was a straight woman in this and forgetting all the comic stuff she does. But it's <laughs> but it is true that in her role in her role as the person who is creating the documentary for the station, yeah. she is the straight woman with all these women who are dealing with the issues. And so that 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 is a new role for you, and you did it. Like, yeah, fantastic. I hope I hope yeah. people compare me to Larry David in this. Well, yeah. Larry David, a little cuter. Well, uh, yeah. Well, oh. again, again, going back to this reactive uh, mode in in acting, and I I, I I I couldn't agree more. It is, it is as much the dialogue as the reaction of the people involved in the dialogue, and and that is, you know, you I'm sure you told a number of actors in your lifetime, Henry, to uh, be in the moment, and it certainly feels a, like that in the M word. So, uh, congratulations. If they're not in the moment, it doesn't end up in the film usually. It's, uh, I can't think of an example of an actor pulling out of that moment, as you, uh, you're very correctly referring to it, and my not finding it wrong on screen. I think it is the job of the director to try to create such presence and such momentary, and it has always been from, from the films of Bogart, you know, and for Judy Garland, I mean, all the way to today. I think the ones that we really love watching are those actors who are able to fully be there and we feel their vulnerability and their fullness and their complexity and that's what I try to get out of my actors. And when I've got terrific ones like these, it's no no problem at all. And, and I want to bring up something that I think really goes to the core of the film. The comedy, as you said, as kind of a cracks the door open for us to really kind of look at life in, 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 in a way that we might not otherwise. And, Tanny, you just mentioned the documentary that you're working on as Moxie in the film. Uh, about menopause, and I I love the fact that you broke the fourth wall in the middle of this film, to to let these characters talk directly to the camera in the guise of it being part of the documentary, to talk about this real life. I I have to believe that those stories that they were telling were so they, for, were straight out of their own lives. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. One, once I started doing this process, I think it was with eating, probably first time I did it. Yeah. Uh, where if women talked about being anorectic or bulimic or having food issues, that that looking into the camera and talking about the subject of the film has to be completely honest. I do not want actors making up characters about that. The whole film is made up, and the narrative and the story is made up, but when they look into the camera and talk about themselves, as in this film they do about, about menopause, those women who are talking about it are talking about themselves completely 
truthfully and honestly. Yeah, and and, and I, I that's exactly. I mean, again, this is a, this is you know the M word's about men. It's about menstruation, about menopause. But it really, for me, watching this, uh, the the part about menopause, the part that were where they were truly telling you what their life has been like before, during, and after the, uh, going through that or being uh, that that subject. Uh, I just, I was, it was a very dramatic, it's a very kind of almost, I would say jarring, but it certainly is a very dramatic, focusing moment in the film to, to watch them talk about it. Well, uh, thank you. I think there, it says something about you also that you're open as a man to that, because there are a lot of men, I'm sure, who will be put off by this, and that's why I hope the women who bring them to the theaters make them sit through it, because I think men have a lot to learn about, about women, and, and the film helps them. And some are not as evolved, you know, as as you obviously are, and are going to be made uncomfortable a little bit by being forced to face some of these truths, which the women, with great bravery, I think, yeah. uh, expose. Well, I, and and they talk about it very frankly, and uh, which I really appreciated. And and again, um, they just. Yeah, you're right. We were, and it, there's a range of reactions to it. People, the women who are talking about it, it's the the bad, you know, the horrible part of the hot flashes and whatever, the physical parts of it that they were were uh, in some ways, uh, you know, really impacted them. And then the other part of it is this liberation, I guess, in some ways, uh, that they felt uh, having okay. gone through it. So well, I mean, finally, that's the reason that the device is there of yeah. Frances Fisher and her two sisters, because finally, when they watch. Tana going through what she's going through, uh, they realize this is not so bad, actually. We're free from that. <laughs> we'll never have to suffer these monthly agonies anymore. Yeah. I, and, and just on a very personal note, I'm not even sure if I'll include this in the interview, but uh, my mom had a terrible, terrible, terrible time with with menopause, and I don't think she ever recovered. And she uh, eventually died of dementia. And I, I can't help but, what, having watched what happened to her, have had some sense that this uh, that something in that uh, in that uh, time of her life went horribly awry and she she never really recovered and I, I, so when I was watching them talk about their different reactions truly yeah. it, it, I felt I felt a, a strong connection to it. Ah, uh, that's you know that makes me want to cry because I really hope and I foresee and I love the fact that this film is going to be healing in some way through hopefully healing to, to women like your mother, like your mother would have liked to see, you know, and, and to take their sons to it and laugh and open dialogue and create, create a healing through laughter and through, um, yeah. yeah, Awareness, awareness. That's the word. I don't, we never, I've never heard a film or I've never heard of a film that talked about this. I really, I never, I can't, th- I can't think of one. I don't know of any, but you've got Tana crying now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, in a very no, nice no, way. No, no, no. I mean, I meant you've got her. Yeah, I, I understand. I, no, yeah, it was, it was in tough. My, in my opinion, you should include the thing about your mother, because yeah. that's, that's the very essence of what we're trying to do is, is a healing process for those going through it or for those who have had problems dealing with people going through it or been impacted in certain kinds of ways. And it's been very hard to understand. So, uh, you know, if we had this interview before the before we had finished the movie, Mike, I would have put <laughs> and in honor in honor oh. of you, Mike and his mother, oh. Mike has his mother. I Thanks. would have definitely said that. Oh, now you got me going here. Okay, so we <laughs> we got to pull ourselves together here. 
changing the subject, how do you how did you like the father scene with Anna, which by which by the way was her the screen debut of her real father, who's not an actor? Yes, yes, I saw. Yes, wow, that was. Uh, it, I, lo- I really liked it. Uh, congratulations to your dad. It was. It just seemed like uh, such an honest, again, going yeah. back to the theme here, a very honest film. I mean, uh, part of the film. So. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I was asking. How was that? This doesn't have anything to do with my father and my scene. But, you know, I said, yeah. Dad, how did you feel about Mom when she was going through menopause? I mean, you never mentioned it to me. And yeah. just wondering, like, what was it like? He said, I just thought she was pissed at me all the time. He said, I just would go for a lot of car rides during that period because she uh, she seemed like she was really mad at me. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the sort of thing that I hope this film sort of breaks yeah. through is that women, women, you know, women don't want to tell their husbands, oh, I have, you know, I'm ending my cycle of reproduction and I feel like I'm not worthy to you anymore and I feel like I'm not vital or or something attractive to you and I wish my mom could have said that to my dad you know I wish she could have said that and he didn't have to go on car rides thinking she was pissed at him so if this film makes at least like two couples across the United States um talk about it instead of the man driving around feeling like the wife is upset with him then I'm I think we've done our job yeah, I couldn't agree more, and and um, I I would suspect anyone who sits down and watches this with uh, you know as a couple, they've got to talk about. It. I mean, how could you not talk about? It? That's what this film is is really about. And uh, and again, going back to this, you know, the the spectrum of reaction and the spectrum of voices that we hear in the film is really it really is terrific. Um, Henry, congratulations! You know, I mean, I really, I'm, 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 I've enjoyed your work, and I think this is one of your stronger films. To be honest with you, I, I really, uh, uh, yeah. So hold, uh, hold on one second. Sure. Hold on one second. Tana sure. wants to say goodbye because she's rushing off. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Mike, I love you. Thank I've you. always loved doing your films uh, or your films, your your TV, <laughs> your TV show, your films and your TV show. <laughs> I love your radio show. Thank um, you. Always. You've always been such a sensitive creature, and I'm really love. I, I wish that we could have put that that honorary uh, oh. shout out to you and your mom yeah. because that's who I hope gets affected by this film. It's, it's going to be really special to see what relationships uh, are are sort of fused together, back together through this film. Okay, Thank I'm you, still, t- I'm t- Tana. I just want to say goodbye to Tana, and I, I, I your your work continues to just get stronger and stronger. And, uh, and congratulations to you in the in the role that you play as Moxie in this. As well. Thank you, my love. I, I thank you so much for your support over the years. You're welcome. All right. You're an absolute doll, and I, I will always be on your show and always love it. Thank you. Thank you. Now you're back with me. Yes, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, um, so what a you. Good interview. We're, I, I, you woke us both up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be. And, and I, so let our listeners know uh, about uh, the way that we'll be able to see the M word uh, and well, release dates. I'm, at the end of the month, on the 30th of, of uh, April and uh, on the 1st of May, it will begin to play in, in uh, New York, San Francisco, uh, L.A., uh, you know, Philadelphia, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 or 12 cities. And then slowly, the way my films do, they stay in theaters for a long time. They don't play massively. They don't play in wide release. They're in one or two quality art theaters in every city. 
and uh, ask. Just people have to ask to find them, and then go see them, and and that's that's all I can ask them to do. Uh, and it's programs like this that I hope help them get aware of the film and how really terrific Tana and this whole cast is. The whole cast, and I, I didn't even mention I haven't mentioned Gregory Harrison, who I thought was terrific in this right. film. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, again, we I mean, we talked about Eliza Roberts. Uh, Mary, uh, Francis Fisher, Corey Feldman, Michael Imperioli, of course, Tana uh, Frederick, who's wonderful. I think we've established that. Uh, let's see. Catherine, uh, Catherine Arden, I thought was uh, Kathy Arden. I thought she right. was terrific. I where, where else have I seen her, Henry? Um, you haven't yet. Uh, she started acting again after a 30-year hiatus. She's been a writer. She's written some novels that have been acclaimed. Okay. Uh, but but she, had, she started again being in the play with Tana about the dog um, and and uh, and then and then being in another play that Tana directed why I have a body and now uh, she's been in this film and then she's in the next film which I'm now cutting okay. uh, ovation so so you'll start seeing more of her she's good isn't she she was very good I she just really has a nice presence about her Ron uh, Vignoni, uh, who is the co-writer on this film, is wonderful as Rich. Uh, and there's and there's some guy named Simon Orson Jaglum in the film. Tell me a little bit about him. Well, Simon Orson Jaglum is now 19 years old <laughs> and, uh, strangely enough, decided to become an actor and has huh. worked at the, at the Lee Strasberg Institute. And I have used him throughout his life in small roles, yeah. uh, uh, just as a kind of you know, for a pleasure in my films. But this is the first chance he really has at acting, and everybody's knocked out by him in this. And and uh, wait till you see him, you know, in, uh, in in Ovation. He's got a much bigger part. And, uh, you know, he's he comes very inexpensively. So... <laughs> So it's, uh, it's great to have him in in my family, and he's named after my two favorite men, after my father Simon Jaglum and after Orson Welles. Yes, yes, yes. Well, wonderful. Well, and you're cutting Ovation now. Is that what I understood? That's right. Okay. We're editing. Ron Vignoni is my editor, yeah. also, and he and I are editing uh, Ovation as we speak. Fantastic. Well, I again, I I said this at the top of the interview. This is a real honor for me. I I am so thankful that you were able to find some time in your schedule to be a part of film school. I uh, uh, we've been watching your movies. I mean, for a long time, Henry, <laughs> and so it, yeah. it's just terrific to have you on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to everybody about this. You're welcome, and uh, find some time uh, when Ovation comes out. I would, I would love to have you back. So thank it'll you. Be, thank it'll be both our pleasures. All and right. Ovational in that also. Okay. Well, great. I believe you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, uh, Henry Jaglum. The film is called the film of. Oh gosh, it's called the M Word. And it is opening April 30th in San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, and rolling out across the country. Look for it. Seek it out. It is well worth your time. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.